Dallas and throughout the world, it's football time in Tennessee. What's up, everybody? It's Lo, your host with Drew and Big Shot Rob. We will have Brando coming to join us here in a few minutes. And let's just cut right to the chase. This past <laughs> weekend was shit. That's all I can say it, about it. It was an absolute disaster. I Like we, we said last week, everything that could possibly go wrong for Tennessee and Florida would have to play perfectly in order for them to win this game. And Bobby Dam, literally everything that could have went wrong for us defensively, offensive line, so many false starts, mental errors, just an absolute disaster and poor execution game plan defensively and give props to Billy Napier. They took full blown advantage of it. Fucking Florida. That's all I can say. It's just typical Tennessee, Florida. Only best way to put it. Yeah, I have to say that first half, and I am never one to lose hope and walk out on a game. And that first half had me in complete fucking shambles. I was, I literally was at my parents' house. I was feeling a bit pregame jitters. I was nervous. And I wrote it out. And then the last five minutes, I could not physically take it anymore. I, I walked inside, sat in the living room by myself in dead ass silence. I could not physically watch any more of that half. It was that disgusting to me. I mean, I think like the frustrating thing part about it was just defensively. It, I mean, I don't know what Tim Banks was really thinking on playing zone the entire first half. You knew that their offensive line had a little bit of struggles, and we didn't try to, you know, blitz. We tried. We didn't try to aggressively go after Graham Mertz, and we kind of just let them play their own game. And that was, that was just. I mean, and, you know, and on top of that, you know, Wesley Walker and Kamal Haddon having two costly errors on you know missed tackles and everything. It's just, it was. I mean, that was the most. Maybe the worst game I think I've watched in a very long time of Tennessee football, especially the worst game under Josh Heupel. There's no argument about that. Man, I don't even have the right words for, for what happened Saturday, man. <laughs> um, also, it's, excuse my son in the background. But, um, yeah, it, it, it was not fun to watch. Um, I had friends over coming to watch the game and – Started off great, started off hype, and it just went downhill from there, man. Um, it's it's clear that Tim Banks doesn't trust the secondary. It's it's very obvious he don't trust the secondary at all. Yeah. Uh, defensive line had a pretty horrid night. Linebackers didn't play well at, at all either, man. It was it was just a bad night. Offensively, they couldn't get into it. I'm understanding on the fact that the offense is going to look like crap until Cooper comes back. I'm understanding on that. You can tell that Ollie and Joe just don't mesh. You can see it. You can tell it's there. It's obvious. When Coop comes back, the offense still looks like this. Then I'll panic. But right now, I'm not really going to panic. You just don't know what you got right now, clearly. Um, it's a struggle. But at the end of the day, I trust Hype to, to, to figure it out, turn around. I don't get paid $9 million a year to make decisions. He does, so he better figure it out real fast, quick, and in a hurry, because I can tell you right now, it's going to get rough. Oh, God. I'll tell you, first and foremost, it was just ugly all the way around. Rob made a very good point about Coop being back and if that will help with the chemistry on the O-line at all. I'm terrified to even wait for that because – We've been told he's ready, he's dressed out, he's cleared, whatever, he's he's on the sidelines, and he just doesn't hit the field. And 
internally, we've all discussed this in the group chat, but for me, it's like, I hope that the teammates know why he's not on the field because us as fans are just hearing that he's cleared and he's cleared to play. I hope that whatever it is that he's coming back soon, because it's very clear that that needs to happen. But there's a lot of other positions that can certainly improve. Basically every single position did not look up to standard. So special you can't. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Special teams, teams was fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bright spot, the bright spot. <laughs> Uh, okay, so everyone else, the special teams, you get a bad grade from me for sure. Um, yeah, F's across the board. Yeah, but the other thing is, Vol Twitter, of course, went absolutely fucking ballistic over this. And one of the key topics of the night, of course, is Joe Milton versus Nico. We have to talk about it. It has been a talk from the beginning of the game for, through the whole week. And I can tell you right now that it does not matter who is throwing the football, who is the quarterback. If this O-line is this bad, you send Nico out there, you send anyone out there, they're going to get completely throttled. They will not execute the game plan no matter what it is. It doesn't matter. And I don't think that they're holding Joe back because they don't trust Joe. I think they don't trust this line to give Joe time to throw the ball down the field. That's my take on it. No, I mean, you're absolutely right on that. I mean, because if you really if you really actually look at Joe's stats last Saturday, they really weren't that bad in the grand scheme of things. You know, 20 for 34 for 287 yards and two touchdowns and one interception. If you told me he was going to throw about 290 and two touchdowns last week, I would have been like, Tennessee was going to win by two scores. Like, they would have won by two touchdowns. When he was given the opportunity to be able to throw the ball and have, you know, and able to get guys, I mean, he looked good, on especially that touchdown pass to Brew McCoy. You know, in the third, third, fourth quarter, and that one to score white and Ramil Keaton as well in the first drive. So, like, when his best throw that, was on that scene to Dante, it literally punched his yeah. hands. Yeah, I mean, he has like his throwing. You know, putting the ball and giving these guys the opportunity is not an issue. But when you have literally, you know, only four defensive line going at like our five guys on our O line, and they're able to get through within a second. And Joe has to hurry and panic. I mean, no quarterback. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's Nico. It doesn't matter if it's Peyton Manning. No quarterback's going to succeed with that. And all offenses that are successful boil down to one thing, having a good, efficient offensive line. And if you do not have that, you're not going to be able to score. You're not going to be able to win football games. It all comes down to that. So this argument that, like, half of our fan base, for God knows why, you know, I don't think they want to accept the fact that we have several issues on this team but want to bolt it down to being a Joe or Nico ordeal is just, it's foolish. It's ridiculous. And not to mention, if you throw Nico in the fire right now, you're playing a huge risk on hurting, you know, not just his potential, but him getting injured, his confidence, all sorts of, you know, different elements as well. So I don't think it's an issue at quarterback. I think the main issue is the fact their offensive line is rattled. They don't know what they're doing. And also, we were missing two starters last weekend with not only just Cooper Mays, but Mincy as well. So, I think it really just falls down to that. Literally, that's it, man. And at the end of the day, like I said a couple weeks ago, man, shut the hell up about Joe. I don't want to hear any more Joe Milton this, Joe Milton that. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep beating that hammer. Yeah, he's not playing perfect. Yeah, he has to, you know, sharpen some things up. But what player doesn't? Um, the quarterback always gets too much blame and too much hype. You know what I'm saying? Like, every game that's won, the quarterback gets the praise. Every game that's lost, the quarterback gets the bad ends of it. And – Joe's going to keep getting that, you know, but 
it is what it is, especially when you're a quarterback at the University of Tennessee, man. But at the end of the day, if you can't block with a light box, there's nothing you can do. There's just nothing you can do. And until Coop comes back, it is what it is. We got what we got. We're going to see what we see until Cooper comes back. And if it's still like that, sounds like a hype problem to me. $9 million worth. Figure it out. <laughs> Absolutely, Rob. It's a great point. And I guess this whole thing leads us right into the play calling debacle, which I've seen more screen. I the last time I saw this many screens was when Jerry Garantano was at this university. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't like how we're having to do this, but again, it all falls back to the line. They can't get creative with all this shit if the, if Joe's gonna get clobbered in two seconds. And but the on the flip side of that, if it's third and 20, why are we running up the middle? Like, it, again, we know we can't block. Why are you running up the middle? It's like we can't find any sort of solution to get the offense in the groove for, you know, two, three, four runs down the field. It's like we may get one and then three or four or five really not good sequences. And then before you know it, the chemistry is just lost. I don't know. Obviously, like Rob said, if I was paid $9 million, I would figure it out really quickly. Um, but I don't know what the answer is. Lack of motivation. The 14 to 0 if they block. Squirrel was wide open on that Joe Milton interception. Wide open. But you can't block. What do you want to do? Exactly. You're talking about if you just give him another second, just another second, the whole entire trajectory of that game completely changes. And I think the I'm one thing about blown off the ball. The one thing that frustrates me, and shout out to Brando because he finally made it. Um, the one thing that, like, you know, what I just don't understand at all is the fact that we took an entire half of football to finally make some adjustments defensively. You know, we played zone all first half, got completely torched, and it wasn't like Graham Mertz was throwing 15, 20, 25 yards down the field. He was just given time to, you know, I mean, he had enough time to go get, get himself some McDonald's, get himself lunch, and go back to the offensive line and be able to throw the ball. Because, like, there was no pressure. There was no blitz. There was none of that, you know, type of intensity that we've seen from the first two weeks. And then finally, in that second half, when we start going man-to-man -man and blitzing more, they couldn't get, you know, it was three and out every single time. So, it's just, I think this, I mean, you know, I think this was a coaching error just as much as the mistakes from guys like Haddon and Wesley Walker as well. Like, I think it was a bad effort all around. I think there was a lot of things this coaching staff could have done. And personally, I think they overthought this whole entire game altogether. I think if they went this whole entire mindset where you just give your guys, your secondary, an opportunity, play with confidence, play man-to-man, -man, and if they get torched, so freaking what? I mean, but we know Graham Mertz couldn't throw it deep. That's the most frustrating part. We play to his, like, advantages. It's just, damn, I am so pissed off about this game. This is just so ridiculous. Brando. Sir, Drew, is my quality good? Okay, we're good. Okay. I mean, my dude, friend. dude, like, I don't know, man. Self-inflicted wounds on both sides. Like, it was just frustrating to watch. I think, like, the group chat obviously felt that way. But uh, I'll be honest with you, buddy. A little bit iffy. A little, bit a iffy. little tweaky. Hold a little on, tweaky. Got a little technical <laughs> difficulties over here. Uh, I mean, I can't say much because my computer, like, has – Every time I'm on the pregame with you guys, it's quiet. And then as soon as the show starts, this fan turns on. And I have no idea what's wrong with it. I guess it's overheated somehow. Maybe it's like more of like a motion thing. You know, whenever you talk, it's feeling like those waves, you know. And so <laughs> I 
like it's reacting that way. I mean, it's feeling my anger for this game, <laughs> just yeah. radiating to it, trying to cool me off from the computer. Brando, your thoughts? All right, we've lost Brando. So, dude, that boy got that dial-up internet. <laughs> <laughs> Brando, try to do it like on your phone or something. That might be actually a little bit better. Mike and yeah, I'm on my phone right now. So. Yeah, that was uh, that was. We'll get his thoughts sooner or later. Hopefully, by the end of the episode, at this rate. But uh, <laughs> Rob, Probably what do you what did you think that was like the biggest? I mean, concern or you know thoughts of the entire game, whether it feels just mental errors, player mistakes, mistacklings, game plan. My biggest concern is the mental side of it. It's very obvious mentally these guys are lost and they're not where we thought they were. Um, you hear about, oh, the team meeting last week. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah, the hell it should have been. It should have been a big deal because you came out, you did the same thing, and you performed worse. So the most concerning thing is definitely the mental side of it. In the offensive line, man, all, you know, fall camp, all you heard was, man, Defensive line getting getting the best of it, offensive line, and changed my mind. I thought the D line was just that good. Saturday night showed me. I ain't gonna say they're not that good, but they they got bullied around a little bit, man. And yeah, you could you you could very well tell that Florida wanted to win that game. They came in with a plan, they executed their plan, and it's what it is, man. It's frustrating. It's 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 upsetting. It sucks. It hurts, but you know, there's a lot more. A lot more games left. There's been a lot of great teams at the University of Tennessee that have gone 11-1 in their seasons. And who was that one lost to? Florida. So, if you want to win the East, you can't lose again. And, really, you got to beat Georgia at home, you know. So, but we'll see. Neither here nor there, man. Um, <sighs> disappointing, bro. Just, I, I'm, I'm so at a loss of words. I was doing my pod Monday night, and. I was just dumbfounded. I didn't even really know what to say, man, because we talked about it last week. In order for Tennessee to lose that game, everything had to go wrong, and everything did go wrong. Yeah. And it just self-imploded, couldn't recover. But like I said, I don't get paid $9 million a year to figure it out. So I'll, I'll you know, show my frustration, but I'm glad I'm not Josh Heifel because what I can tell you is he ain't felt the pressure of this fan base that he finna feel right now. And I can promise you he's feeling it because this is the first time he's lost a game. Well, you can say second time he's lost a game he shouldn't have lost, but South Carolina game, whatever, that was just a tale of tall tales there. But this is the first time he lost a game he should have won. No one's happy about it. The sad part is it was Florida. That kind of determines each other's season every single year, that Florida-Tennessee game. So we'll see, man. We'll see. But I, I hope they get it, get it turned around and figure it out, man, because, you know, there's your favorite team. You want to see him win. Sorry for being long-winded here. I apologize. Nah, nah, you're good. I was just about to give Brando a recap, and he disappeared he's, again. I'm playing peekaboo over here. I mean. He's a, in and he's out. He's dude, in and he's out. Peter is just, I don't know. This thing is a piece of junk. Um, All right. 911, internet emergency. <laughs> it's just awful. Um, I, I was going to give you a recap kind of of the things that we've already discussed. your internet right now. Just, <laughs> uh, we already discussed how the O-line is a huge factor in this and the Joe Nico debacle, also the play calling. 
Um, so just give us your thoughts on all of that now that you're here. I mean, like, dude, our first drive, like getting Florida off the field after a 15 play drive and then going out there and scoring like we did, Joe off the back foot to squirrel, um, the throw in the corner to Ramel, like everything was setting up so nicely. But for the rest of the game, like we literally just cannot get any momentum on the offensive side of the ball. Defense, obviously what happened there. Dude, so many little self-inflicted wounds, like the, the chest bump by Kamal Haddon, um, the kick ball by the referee, Ollie Lane, you know, with pre-snap penalties or getting in a scuffle. Like, it just looks like we cannot get going. Uh, Ollie, man, I know it's hard to, like, prep for a, a second-string center, but I think most of the fan base, unless you knew and, like, had heard from an inner circle that Coop wasn't playing, they were expecting for Coop to be in this game. And uh, did not play in this game, obviously coming off his hernia surgery and stuff like that. But, dude, the pre-snap penalties, the offense not being able to work in the road condition, like in a road environment. I was saying it last week. How are they going to go into a road environment and, you know, be able to operate the offense? When the offense had a chance to get going, we saw, you know, in the comeback, anytime Tennessee tried to get momentum on the offensive side of the ball, whether it was a pre-snap penalty on the offensive line or Joe getting sacked or – referee kicking the ball or a ball coming back because of Callum McCastle with a blindside block. Like, we just had no chance to get going. Um, I agree with everyone's takes that it's not really a, a quarterback problem. Joe, whenever he has been able to connect, has been really efficient. He's making all the right reads. Uh, can he get it there sooner? Yeah, there's some plays, whatever. But, I mean, I think he's operating at a high level. It's just our offensive line is what we thought all fall camp, man. Like, they probably should have added an extra two bodies. Um the, the secondary, I think, doesn't mess well at all. Like, just, yeah, we we need we need some offensive line, man. It's just oh yeah, we almost lost Rob over there. Um, good lord, everyone's internet connection is absolutely terrible today. Oh, I don't know. Not no. like the Vols defense, it's awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm off, I'm Brandon, you put it perfectly. I don't. Do you have an update as to? When should we expect Cooper Mays? I mean, there's been some rumblings about this week, potentially or even Texas A&M. So. I mean, you know, everyone thought Florida week, right? And then after this week where he was held out, he was in full gear. He was in full pads. He was on the sideline dressed out. And, like, a lot of people having to take where, oh, if he's dressing out, then why is he not playing? Um, it's definitely, like, you know, he's taking the doctor's advice. The staff, you know, probably wants him to play. He's cleared to play. But he's probably been told to wait an extra few weeks. I, I think that, you know, if it's a rough going against this weekend against UTSA, that you could probably see him against South Carolina. But there's, like, definitely rumblings where they're talking about, you know, this thing could easily go to the first or second week of October and just holding him out there. Um, a lot of guys banged up, obviously, missing, like, veteran guys like Keenan Peely, too. I mean, there's just the timetable. You're you're hoping they come back, and you're hoping it's the minimum length, but it sounds like they're pretty extensive injuries. And obviously a triple hernia surgery, uh, is, you know, it takes weeks to come back from just one, man, the, the toll on the body and getting your body ready. I think he's healthy, but game ready to go out there against an SEC defensive line, I don't know, man. I understand, you know, wanting to wait. But I, I think you might see him out there against South Carolina if they have to have him. My biggest, my biggest concern would be because you notice after that, that interception, Joe had uh, in the first quarter that he went over to Cooper Mays. That's a little bit of something to him, and then he walked away. My biggest fear is that if he doesn't play the South Carolina game, how is this going to affect the locker room? How is like you know his teammates are going to look at this, saying you know that he's more concerned 
itself as an individual, which is valid, which don't get me wrong, it's completely valid, especially after a uh, triple hernia surgery. But that surely that is going to play a pivotal role on the attitude of this team and direction going forward, especially heading into October. So, I, was, um, I, was, I was playing some, you know, Call of Duty some Madden with some of the guys. And, you know, like as much as they miss Coop, this this team is also 100 percent Ollie Lane. He did make a lot of self, you know, mistakes on Saturday. He did, you know, do that. But this is a guy that's been there, you know, for five to six years and has given his all for Tennessee uh, who has to step up to have that that next man step up mentality. Getting Coop back for an SEC game like, you know, South Carolina, I think the blueprint is definitely out there, uh, obviously, for that game. Tennessee's lucky for a lot of these games to be at home in Neyland where they haven't lost in, you know, two years. But it's definitely going to be a, a test where that defensive line knows the weak spots for Tennessee. If Coop can play, um, you know, that gives a, a whole spread where Ollie can slide out to the guard and, you know, having more experience there where he's probably better off. Uh, just the center position in general, man. It's it's really crazy that a lot of these guys like Addison Nichols and Jackson Lampley that have you know had a few years in the system, you know, not moving on. But I think this team is definitely a hundred behind, hundred percent behind him. And this team really is just you know banged up more than we think about. Like guys like you know Danico Slaughter, whose ankle was messed up in the Austin P game. No one heard about him being out. He didn't give it a go against Florida. I think Tennessee is you know if it's not UTSA then South Carolina, they might be the healthiest they've been. Uh, one guy that's kind of falling under the radar that might be coming back soon, defensive lineman Elijah Simmons. That would be a huge addition back to the defensive line. So Tennessee just has to get healthy, man, and, you know, take it. Like, sometimes, bro, you just lose. Sometimes, like, it doesn't have to define your season. One loss doesn't have to go crazy. And I think this team is now um, taking responsibility. Obviously, uh, the the all-team meeting against Austin P didn't do justice. But I think this game, going into that kind of environment, having that, you know, where people are going to doubt you now, that's probably giving this team a lot more fire. Uh, shit, we got a good ball club coming in this weekend, man. They're going to have to go out there and prove it. I have to agree. And I will say this loss has totally deflated my sales. I mean, I said it from the beginning of the season when we had our predictions that I felt like this game was telltale sign for the rest of our season. So, and I felt that way very truthfully. So when this happened and it was not only a loss, but the worst performance I could have ever expected, it has given me such bad vibes. But I will say this in the glimmer of hope that I'm trying to get at, we played that God awful and still managed to stay within two touchdowns. And on top of that, certainly could have had a comeback if it wasn't for all of these crazy ref penalties and all of this shit that occurred, in my opinion. I mean, but we didn't deserve to win it anyway. And it's like once you get to that point and you've been you've been beating yourselves all game, then the refs add to it. You cannot come back from that. You just have to take the L at that point and try to learn all of your mistakes and try to ensure that this is not replicated on the field ever again. But nonetheless. Aaron Beasley Beasley explained it perfectly, man. Like, it wasn't nothing like Tennessee hasn't saw. And I think the biggest reason why Florida won this game, obviously Tennessee tried to do the comeback, but we talked about it all offseason, how these new clock rules, time of possession would affect, you know, Tennessee's offense. And when you're successful with those 15, 16 play drives, taking, you know, six, seven minutes off the clock where it's consecutively running, you know, until the two minutes of each half. Like, they went out there and executed with the game plan, and we literally – I don't know, man. I th- I just don't think that our secondary really meshed up well 
in this game. I thought there was probably like a lot of communication there where they just really beat themselves. And, you know, to hear like the coming out from the defense where leaders of this defense this year, Aaron Beasley guys that are stepping up to saying, you know, they're not playing their best ball. They definitely got to get it together when Spencer Rattler comes to, you know, Neyland Stadium after last year's performance against this defense. I mean, it's- well, for one, you can see how confused the defense was. They were definitely confused. But two, as far as the Cooper situation, man, I got told y'all, I have a friend who had a hernia, played college football at the Air Force Academy, came back too early in the end of the season. He had one, not three. So take that for what it is, man. I, I feel like Coop's getting a little bit too much heat around this. I know how serious it is simply because I dealt with it with my best friend, man. So, yeah, uh, you know, people out there that's giving – I understand that. I, I get that. But at the same time, you have to be healthy. You don't want him to play now and then be out the rest of the season because he came back too early. I'm saying for like you know the casuals, though, the casuals that are like, oh, my God, he's dressing out. He's on the football field and he's just on the sideline. Yeah, it's just stupid. Every one of y'all saying that, y'all just need to relax with that, man, because the honey is really serious. And the guy had three of them. Yeah. I don't know, man. Defensive line got to be better. I thought, you know, obviously, they were, Tyler Barron, man, I saw that man's whole chest against the Florida defensive line. Like, this man got held every single play. And I understand you can't call holding because if you had to call holding against Tyler Barron, like, people are holding him every single play. This man is definitely dominating the line. Him and James Pierce, the whole cheetah package, like, with our defensive line, they have Tyler Barron, Roman Harrison, and James Pierce. That's my favorite package with the defensive line, and I think that's, like, the team's favorite. But our, our edge rushers are literally getting their choked. Like, it, it was disturbing. <laughs> there, was, uh, there was certainly a lot of, like, questionable calls and no calls big time. Uh, just that entire game. I mean, even that, you know, touchdown run that ETN had to, you know, get their first grab. The, clearly the left guard over there was, like, holding. Uh, I think it was Omar Norman Lott or Elijah Herring, one of the others. And, you know, it was, that was a no call. I mean, the kickball, that one, I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. I mean, Dude, and you know that they had the whole right side of the field one-on-one. It was Listen, bro, I'm going to tell you what a lot of people ain't saying out loud. If Joe would have got the damn offensive line down and hiked the dog on football, you would have had offsides and 12 men on the field. Joe didn't get them down to hike the football. That's on Joe. You can blame it on the referees all you want to, but that's not on the refs. Joe, get them down to hike the ball. Because what is one thing Hendon Hooker always did? If you had an extra man on the field, Hendon got you every single time. So I don't want to hear it. That's one thing that's way important is while we aren't like bashing Joe on our podcast, because I don't think most of this is his fault in the slightest, Hendon Hooker was incredibly special. And he just had an awareness and a presence on the field that we, did, we didn't really realize until this season where some of those, even if there were mistakes with the O-line or whatever, he fixed them. We I mean, aren't getting that this year. My whole entire issue is that. Cooper ain't played, man. I'm telling you. My whole entire issue is that play, though, is like if you know that like that happens where the ref kicked the ball, they stopped the play, they're allowing Florida to be able to add, you know, make substitutions. Why would you just not just go ahead and get your special teams out there and get the three points? At least get something on that drive. Because if you're talking about if you get yep. right there and you get that touchdown from Bruce, well, you're talking about the one score game. And that changes the complete dynamic of the whole entire football game itself. And I mean, you can see I hypo, on the, hypo on the on the on the sideline. It's easy like to say now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but hypo, like, hypo was cussing him, man. Like he was wanting to go. And then I think at that point he was just like, you know, hurry up, hurry up, go, like go now. 
Like, dude. Well, the whole disaster was the clock is winding down. We've already screwed up by using two timeouts. Because Joe uh, and, couldn't operate the offense. Like, he was too loud for him. He had to call timeouts. That wasn't and, all, like, he just couldn't get the play out. He right, and that's the right. thing I'll say about Joe. From the mental side of it, once he gets it corrected a little bit, he'll be fine. Physically, I don't think he's playing bad. Physically, I think he's playing pretty good football. I mean, now I wouldn't say at a super high level like Joey Hosley's claiming, but you know, I, I don't think physically he's he's On playing road, bad. Road. I just think mentally, you know, he might just be in his head a little bit. I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know what it they is, but it. I'm sure he'll figure it out. I, I got like I keep saying, I get paid nine million dollars a reason. Figure it out. I'm gonna keep reverting back to that. Overthinking it. There's just too many. I think he's just too overwhelmed almost about what's the whole entire play breaking down itself. And it just seems like he's a half a second too late. Then, mm-hmm. you know, like he has all the physical tangibles. I mean, we saw, we've seen all year that he can be able to hit those passes. I mean, that first drive was a perfect example. I mean, you know, the ball to brew is insane. Ball to brew. The ball perfect. The you know the fade pass to Ramil was great too. So I mean, like it's there. It's just. He needs just – I don't know if it's just relax or, you know, just not – just make a decision quick. Don't overthink it. It's just – I don't know if it's more of a mental game than anything else when it comes to him. I mean, I said this, I believe – I can't think it was last week about how I felt like he just – he felt so – it's almost like an anxiety, like an anxious energy uh, – instead of that calm that we're used to in Hendon. And it seems like if anyone else picks up on that, it's like a frenzy. Like, it's like, oh, shit, like, do I snap it now or not? Or do I move or what? And, like, everyone just kind of bleeds off of that. And I don't know. Obviously, I'm not a quarterback at the University of Tennessee, so I can't imagine what that feels like. But I would think that it's almost needs to – they need to figure out some sort of ritual for him to get his head right and get him calmed down a little bit because to makes, me it looks stressed all the time. Joe Milton, like, I think – I don't know because before that game, like, he was got going into game, like, in the uh, Ben Griffin Stadium. He was hyped up next to Hypo. Hypo had the little famous clip going around saying, let's fucking go. Joe was listening to his young boy. I think, like, Joe's music, that's literally what gets him. Like, I'll, he'll probably say that in an interview later in the year. But I think on the road, man, like, I just think it's the problem. I don't think Hendon, Hendon couldn't do it on the road. And I don't know if it's, like, a, a system thing, man. Or if like, But I think that Tennessee, and this sounds crazy, we need some kind of sign language for road games because it happened against South Carolina last year, even though we scored a lot of points on offense in Sanford Stadium. We literally, on the road environment, it's hard to operate. What do you mean do it on the road? I mean, he, he beat LSU by four touchdowns in Death Valley. I mean, what do you mean? The got lucky was a noon game, like I'm saying. Bro, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> That's not a crazy take, man. He he did that. He let it come back against Pitt in the second week where we played our worst game offensively all year. I mean, he led a, you know, a, a, you know upset win over Kentucky the year before. I mean, the guys won road games before. I I think that's uh, not just a, a scorching hot take, but a factually incorrect take from your end, Brando. A stupid take is what that was. <laughs> stupid. We can't get going with free sound penalties and false stars. I mean, I'm oh, my God. Everyone's sassy tonight with Brando. Everyone fucking hated me. Shit. Um, oh, to, 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 to downplay that LSU win is just crazy, bro. You can't downplay I agree. That. You're telling me that the crowd wouldn't have been louder if it was a 7 p.m. kickoff. It was pretty wild. You know why the crowd wouldn't have been louder? Because Tennessee took them out of it in the first minute of the game. That's why it wasn't loud. It was loud until Tennessee took their spirits. 
it was loud. I was Actually, there. It was there. pretty loud. I exactly. mean, and it was fun. And I, when we walked into it, I was like, damn, this is going to be something. Like, I, I had no, no idea what was going to happen. Hands down, my favorite, one of my top five favorite games I've ever been to. That was a blast. And to take over their field afterwards, like here I am reminiscing on last year, once again, stuck in last year's <laughs> glory years. We got a we got a fun game this weekend. I'm actually excited about it. I'm not. I thought I thought both teams going in would be like three and oh, four and oh. Didn't, didn't happen. There's there's too many negative vibes on this podcast. I do remember at the beginning of the season, you talking about UTSA was coming in and Knoxville ranked. I told your ass they wasn't. They lost the fucking army in Houston, Rob. Potentially. And I don't think any of us. Trying to tell you it wasn't going to happen, bro. I, I don't think any of us thought Frank Harris was going to, they were not going to play their, you know, have their best quarterback this weekend either. I mean, yeah, apparently, like the some of the players I was playing with them, they said that they said bro almost had his toe amputated from this turf toe. My God. So I, I really think, and I think the, the quote from his coach saying if he's not 100%, he's not playing. He's not 100%. He's probably not playing. But the, the true freshman against Army, he kind of showed out. He definitely has a lot of mistakes. I think our defense, if they're going to have a turnaround game, it should be against this quarterback. But their, their offense is still set up. Like, it's still a team that – been against Austin P too. I'm just uh, sad. I'm sad. Holy shit. Bro, this offense – I'm just being real. Again. Just real. Day, all right, like I understand, like about the Austin P game, I understand all that shit. Like, at the, you know, I mean, let's, I mean, college football is freaking batshit crazy. Okay, I don't think any of us thought that last weekend that Alabama was only going to beat South Florida seventeen to three. Like every team, oh, this go crazy, good. bro. Team. It's an evil plan. It's an an even playing field with NIL for one, and then for two. Like I was telling one of my Bama friends this morning, no one's scared to play Alabama anymore. That's really all it is. It's not that Alabama ain't good and ain't got the talent. It's just people aren't scared to play them anymore. And now you got top-notch D1 players at super small schools. And so, the le- you know, the level of the playing field is even and now. If you got two or three dogs, you got a chance to hang with anybody. All you need is two or three. All you need them to do is make plays. The fact that South Florida did that after Dion came and poached, like, half their roster is still impressive, though. I agree. I mean, I was shocked. I'm – Seeing Alabama fans in shambles was incredible, even though our Saturday sucked ass. Like, I loved seeing them just in shambles again. It was amazing to see. And they're still concerned. If, you know, I, there's there's definitely a, a reason, you know, and it's valid reasons, of course, to be concerned about what's going on in Tennessee. But trust me, it can be a whole lot worse. What's happening in Alabama is, like, there is so many. Saban made a big mistake benching Melro, man, because now he got to walk that line back again. And you're talking about before September 24th, Alabama has a very high possibility of being 2-2 two and two this year. 2-2 two yeah. two before the end of September. That I is don't think they beat Ole Miss, bro. Like, made I don't. Ole, <laughs> Ole Miss is good. Ole Miss is a really good football team. That is going to be – that be I gotta. No, I, I'm never gonna count out saving, but I think Ole Miss can win it. I think so too. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, being a vol is crazy because we're so used to the highs and lows and the dramatics and everything in between. But to be an Alabama fan and come from this fucking hierarchy of college football and then watch this must be a really awful 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 feeling because the reality is setting in that wow. they aren't going to be there forever you know it couldn't happen to a better fan base of course but you know <laughs> just going back just to general college football you know i mean this year's so insane in general when you take consider the, you know consider the fact that 
South Carolina was up by a touchdown against Georgia at halftime. They hung on that entire game where Georgia's 27-point favorites. Alabama has a down year. LSU has a lot of question marks. Florida has, like, the most chaotic turnaround from being non-existent against Utah to, you know, beating our ass. So, and we have a lot of question marks, too. So, my whole entire thing is, is that chill out, relax. It's going to be all right. We're going to bounce back. We still have a good opportunity. There's still plenty of football left, and we can still have a very successful season. I just think this fan base needs just to like, just calm down. There's a lot of variables and factors of, you know, last weekend's performance. We got some guys coming back, and it's going to get better. This team will progress and get better as the season goes. It, bet, it has to get better. It cannot physically get any uglier than that first half. I swear I do not think it could get any uglier. That was the worst fundamental half of football I've seen in years. I can't even – I couldn't rewatch it. I would have to be paid to rewatch it. It was that painful. It can't be any be a, worse. I'm over being full-blown Negaball, so just, you know. Just- My boy Rob has been the guy the first two weeks saying, really, guys, they're going to get it together at half. And they broke his heart this weekend, man. I ain't never heard this out of my man's. Hey, broke his heart, stomp on his soul. I mean, he is down for the count. I mean, come on, Rob. I will say this, though, Drew. Drew, I will say this. You tripping talking about LSU got question marks. No, they don't. Florida State's that good. No, no, LSU has question marks. But yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee took, I mean, took my got a good game this I told y'all, I told y'all earlier today, my expectations are now level. I'm chilling. However they finish is how they finish. Everyone's being super emotional, and I'm sick of it. It's getting on my nerves. It's draining. I don't get paid for this, but it's still draining. DM's blowing up about how sorry the team is, or Joe needs to go. Bro, I don't get paid nine million. Talk to Hypo, not me. I just speak my opinions, bro. That's it. <laughs> I just speak my opinion. If you like it, cool. If you don't, cool. Don't care either way it go. But I don't know the answer to all these questions. We even had to talk to Josh Heibel, Joe Housley, and Joe Milton. But I'm going to keep on hammering this. Joe Milton is not the problem. All right? Yes, he has to clean some things up. But leave Joe Milton alone. I'm telling you. Because the second Nico throws an interception, oh, my God, man, he's supposed to be a five-star. You're going to say the same thing. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Whoever's that quarterback, you're going to complain. Every last one of you. That's all you freaking do. You're too emotional. And you just need to relax, just like Drew said. Get your emotions out of it. I understand we pay all this money, and I I, I get it. But when you get so into it emotionally where you're up here and you're saying things that don't make sense, like I seen a video earlier talking about some, man, one of the running backs, they need to get their pass blocking down. If the pass blocking is better right here with Jabari Small, Joe Milton's able to throw the ball. Buddy, the offensive tackles got blown up on both sides. What are you talking about? (laughs) Uh, are you watching the video that you just posted? I will say, bro, I mean, listen, bro. The, do you know what what Jeremiah Crawford graded out pass blocking wise this weekend? I'm gonna say like a 37. 26%, bro. Yeah. You can take PFF for what you want for what it is. I always know I do know PFF is not always as accurate. But pass blocking, you can be pretty damn accurate about that because whoever you're blocking, that's who it is. 26%. Come on, man. You just got to be better. Hey, Rob. Then, then you got almost, this man. What? It's almost, it's almost like there was a guy playing special teams that could have helped out. Well, well, if you if you want to miss curfew and on, on, on the biggest week of the season, 
where you came hometown, from, where you think you would be locked in, if that's what you want to do, that's cool. I'm not going to judge you. You are a grown man. I will say you this. make your own decisions, my guy. But I pray <laughs> from this point on, you make better decisions and you don't hurt your team. Because Rob's this is what happens when you do things like that. You hurt your team really, really bad. Because, good God. I think Rob's right. <laughs> like, Rob's right with the whole, like, the people on Twitter, like, talking about one simple thing. Like, it's not everyone's like it's not just one issue and i think the people that are like contributing on offense especially on that side of the ball for this year they're kind of like locked in who they are and like this team only has to get better like that's all they can do is really get better as the season goes on but like this team it's our team like raw balls fans we're always going to cheer them on every saturday but to see like jabari dad's uh jabari small's dad and all that stuff on twitter like after one loss man like it's just wild like you cannot be having that it's it's so insane not just with jabari's dad but you know just <laughs> Even the hate that like Kamal had in the beginning from a couple of our redneck fans, and you know, and well, her he gave up the least amount of yards. Had to tweet out about it too. It's just everything about it is so ridiculous. Like if my if thing gonna... is though, everyone that is from the state of Tennessee or is a Tennessee fan, you know that there are millions of redneck country bone hicks that don't care. Will say whatever they want to say about you, and those are the fans that there are. You have some fans as well that are a little you know in the light and, and say dumb things and people pick up on it and see it but at the end of the day man all we all have is opinions and outside of that locker room what we say doesn't really matter it really doesn't it's up to them guys it shouldn't and honestly i mean they shouldn't even be on there if i was a coach i would tell them that they aren't allowed to be on there that's a team rule deactivate your, your account doesn't doesn't run a, a cult like clemson <laughs> yeah, but at this point, if it's, if say, you're gonna be, if you're gonna let other people's opinions shape your game, it's it's same in life. Everyone talks shit about everybody. I've been talked shit about how many times. You should see the tweets and DMs and stuff that I've gotten. Now, just handle it. Just don't even read into it. Who cares about what everyone else's opinion is? Turn it. Just either turn it into fuel. And light a fire under your ass and play better. I'll say that. Or harden up. I mean, everyone has opinions. They're like assholes. Everyone has one. It's one of my favorite sayings. Is it right? Uh, no. Does it affect you? Whatever. Should people stop tweeting players? Yeah. Are they going to? Probably not. We can't control them. So we've got to figure out a way to handle this. And to handle it is just to not give a shit about it. Don't yeah, care. If you're a fellow Tennessee fan page, Tennessee topic, like don't be calling for a quarterback change to try to ruin chemistry. Like that's the dumbest shit you can do. But you know, Rob, maybe you can uh, agree with me here. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if like they try to like you know prove a message. You've seen them do it with Dante Thor and take him out. Like I would not be surprised if you saw a guy like Ricky Gibson get the starting nod in the first defensive drive against UTSA. Had some early action against Florida. Uh, you know. I think he's probably the most promising out of the, the young guys coming up. For them to have that kind of trust to throw him out there, I think he's a guy they want to they want to see more. I um, would love to see it. I want to agree with you, but one thing you know about Willie Martinez and Tim Banks here, them well, veterans are rolling out there. I'll and say guys, this. I get it about Kamal Haddon. I understand. <laughs> I'm not about to sit here and talk bad about Kamal. He's going to play. I'm, I'm not going to do that. Kamal Haddon is going to play. Okay, and the fact that Kamal Haddon is still out there it tells you that the people behind him and under him, whatever, they're just not ready. They're just not ready. And outside of a few bad plays, which are really bad plays, yeah. Kamal Han is not playing that bad out of out of, 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 of you know, 
those bad plays. He's really not playing that bad. I'm glad he, he, okay. he graded out the best one. That's I mean, what I'm saying. He graded out. Well, I'm not going to sit here and talk bad about the man. He made his mistake. He put in piss poor effort. It, hype has to go corrected. At the end of the day, it starts with coaching. Because yes. as a player, if you go out there, give that piss poor effort in an SEC game on the road, that starts with your coaching, man. Starts with but, your coaching. But the player has to be coachable. And that's another thing. That is another thing. And well, he's still going out there every Saturday. So apparently he damn coachable. <laughs> that's for sure. Because he's still going out there. So they've got to be able to coach above on something. No, that sure. is true. I completely agree with Rob on this one. If you really, outside of like, the thing is, is like Kamal Haddon's actually one of our, I would argue maybe from a talent perspective, our best defensive back that we have. Like when he plays well, he plays really, really well at a high level. We've seen that time and time again. But man. When he screws up, it is a every- and I think that's the problem. His big mistakes are like the worst ones. <laughs> it, when he does mistake, it is so costly and so obvious and so bad. And I think a lot of people overlook on how well he plays every play or every other play and focus way too much on the one, two, three missed tackles that he will have. You know, every two or three games or what or so forth. So. But the problem I have, though, and trust me, Brando, if that was me, I would, you know, while anyone, no one has a guaranteed starting job in that secondary. You do rotations. You figure out who have played the most confidence, who has it. But Willie Martinez, we've seen it from his first tenure here. We've seen him do it at Georgia. We've seen he doesn't play young guys. He only plays experience. He values experience way more than a raw freshman or, you know, a backup sophomore that may have the potential to be just as good, if not better. I mean, that time and time. Hear me out, Drew. If, Ricky Griffin getting worse, eleven snaps showed me all I need to know. If if it gets worse, and like we saw, like how like the safeties in the corners, like they don't mesh well, like they're not on the same page. If it gets worse, and like there's like you know where Lowe's talking about how it can't be coachable, and it gets to a, a problem where like it's losing Tennessee games. A lot of guys after Tennessee's last year's season, they got their contract extensions. One guy that didn't, Willie Martinez, and I think like he has to prove it. And I love Coach Nez. I think he's, like, you know, really underrated. I think a lot of people don't give him credit. But if you don't switch and, like, invest in guys, like, like he's done a lot to get guys to the league that should probably not – you not would have thought would have been in the league. Like Emmanuel Mosley, Cameron Sutton, et cetera. If he doesn't, like, believe in, you know, guys like Ricky Gibson, Jordan Matthews or whatever early if something happens in the season, <laughs> might be a little indicator. Like He's a good recruiter, though, man. And and that that's what you have to have in the SEC, a good recruiter. He's a good recruiter, so – Especially you at the know, last year. You, you got to pick one. You got to pick one. Like you I mean, just added six DBs. He's certainly a great recruiter. There's no argument about that. I mean, hell, he even managed, you know, to get guys like Justin Coleman and, you know, into the league as well. But, I mean, my thing is, though, is that he does not – he's so reluctant, though, on, like, playing true freshman for God knows why, for whatever reason that it is. And he'd rather be wrong of playing a guy that has experience for three years, even though everyone knows that he's the biggest liability on the field as well at the same time. And so – I don't think you're going to see those changes. I think he's going to right, stay true to what he's done at every single place he's ever coached, which is experience over raw talent, raw freshman talent especially, and you're going to see a new secondary coach the start of next season. I mean, I think it's, that's how it's going to play out. I think it's definitely possible. And if it were me, I think every position – I mean, most of those positions should be open. I mean, from week to week anyways. I. No one in the first three weeks has shown me that they're that guy. I mean, 
as a collective unit. Like we have looked terrible. Why don't you let everyone just, I mean, what are we going to do? How else are you going to fix it? You can't keep doing the same thing except expect different results week in and week out. I mean, hell, look at the opponent we have this week. Get all your other guys out there now, right before South Carolina. Give them a shot. I mean, hell, I can't see anything worse, honestly. The the Army offense is really bad, but UTSA somehow like allowed them to score 39 points. And I think UTSA is like still a very good football team. Their defense, obviously not that great. They were a few years ago when they had that crazy run with Frank Harris. And I think Coach Traylor – like definitely a very good coach came from like high school hype when he was at Oklahoma would recruit his players. So they have some chemistry. He definitely knows a lot about Josh Heupel and like, you know, the offense he runs, but I think that, you know, Tennessee definitely has the talent differential. They should go out there and bounce back. But if they get sluggish in the first, you know, two, three drives, like we saw a couple of weeks ago in Neyland, man, like anything can happen. And I think this is a team that's way better than Austin P that could definitely keep it a closer game. Like, you have to come out there on their toes and just be ready to play. I mean, Drew, you can't – the UTSA offense, the top ten offense in the country, come on. Dude, they allowed 254 rushing yards to Army last Friday, okay? Let's just stop. Army is not a good football team to begin with. They allowed over 250 yards to them and almost – Yeah, we said the same thing about Utah and Florida, too. Oops. Yep. Utah, on the other hand, is defending Pac-12 champs and have time and time proven again that they're one of the more consistent teams in college football over the last 20 years. At least with Florida, Florida's had four or five-star talent consecutively time and time after again. Like, they have raw talent. They have the guys. They just don't have the coaching. Like, that's a huge difference. With this UTSA team, they're missing their best offensive, you know, their best offensive player, Frank Harris, who runs the entire offense. They got a first-year head coach. A backup quarterback going in and playing in front of 100,000 people. This is a team that is one and two, only scored 20 points against Texas State, and they just came off of allowing 39 points and almost 500 yards of offense to a very bad Army football team. This running game should be able to bounce back. They should be able to gain confidence from this performance, and we should be able to fix things offensively, and I think you're going to see that. And I think by the fourth quarter, you're going to see some guys, especially on defense, that our backups are going to have that opportunity to play live game experience as well at the same time. So this whole entire thing, we're like, oh, well, you know, we, we struggle. Oh, I don't know. It's just stop. Just stop. Like, just <laughs> brand new week. Let's just – think- we're going to be a- – <laughs> UTSA, they uh, they start conference play next week after Tennessee. So I think, you know, they're not going to rush Harris back, obviously. They got a new coach, you said? Yeah, right. Jeff Trailer has been there fucking a All decade. Right. I just want to got a new brand new head coach. Did they Hell no. I didn't. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't this think they got one, a new coach. He went 11 and 2 two years ago. They've won like the conference like the last three or four years or something like that. Yeah. I, there is nothing that's good, going to make me. There's nothing that's going to make me feel okay about watching us play again until we just play better. This is a, that's, like, that's the fact. I don't, I don't know anything about UTSA's football team. I've seen a lot of Frank Harris highlights. Haven't checked out the rest of the team. But one thing I have loved over the week is uh, their fan base called Meep Meep Nation. They're actually pretty bold, uh, fun interactions. And if they're, you know, traveling to Knoxville, that'll be a little, a little fun environment. But – I don't know, man. I've seen Tennessee play last week and a week before. I'd be talking shit too. <laughs> Damn, man. I mean, wow. I, oh, wow. it's it's easy to be deflated. Like, I mean, just put a better product on the field. I'm not saying that I'm giving up as a fan. I've already paid for all of my tickets, so I'm gonna be there. My ass is gonna be in the chair, but make me happy. 
Yeah, I'm just like being was, realistic, man. I ain't even like trying to be a downer or nothing. I'm just being realistic. At the end of the day, put up or shut up. I'm not man, really going to speak to my daughter until I see what I see, man. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is if we want to be able to have a, a rushing game like Army, we better have an O-line show up. It's better than we saw the last couple weeks. Uh, definitely have to get them flowing. Want to see Jalen right, but I also want to see it be a more three-headed monster than just Javari and Jalen. Brandon, oh. their defensive line is so bad that I literally watched Army's quarterback push their running back through three defensive linemen for a touchdown last Friday. Okay? Like, we're going to be fine. Like, yeah, and I saw I saw Austin P get beat down by Southern Illinois, and I saw them come into Tennessee and have a. Ball. They dropped sixty three points on ETS. Robin, you know, I'm just saying, Robin. man. Yeah, Rob is hurt, man, and I understand it's okay. <laughs> hey, I'm just being realistic, man. I, I look, look. I hope for the for the best, but I am absolutely preparing for the worst. I, I am. I'm, not I'm with you, Rob. Being real, man. I'm, I'm, just, I'm not going to get my hopes up again just to get let down. I mean, I'm I mean not, so I don't think we're going to cover. I mean, I think 21 is high, but you know, I think this team will bounce back. I think they're going to have something to prove. I think they're, you know, felt like they were disrespected after last weekend because a lot of people are, you know, counting them out already. I mean, even Ryan McGee came out with an article today saying they're one of the bottom 10 teams in America right now, Tennessee is. And you know they're going to have that type of stuff as motivation to get their guys fired up. And so okay, they 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 will. All they right, should. Tennessee, y'all losing the rest of the season, y'all. Hey, Rob, I hope Rob, they heard me say it. I go win. What? What does Florida have in their locker? All right, I'm going on mute. Together, <laughs> um, <laughs> so <laughs> we're, we're not touching that. Don't do it. I, I no, I think that. I don't know, man. It's weird because, like, you would always talk about the like the first two years that we're going to go out there and score, you know, 40-plus points. But, bro, we had 10 points going into the fourth quarter last week. Like, it's just crazy. Like, going into Austin P, like, under 30. Like, we won, what, 27? Like, it was insane. I think uh, definitely have to get into the checkerboards a lot more this weekend. Run the ball, Jalen Wright. I want to see Dylan Sampson, man. I really want to see it. Like if you're if you're not like confident, like you know, you want more pass blockers, man. Like I really like some of the players really seem confident. Guys like Cameron Sutton and Khalifa Keith as pass blockers, and I, I really hope this might be a game where they can open up in the depth chart late in the third, fourth quarter and see some of those guys. Because like Lowe and Drew said, like open it up, man. Like no one's shown really anything, and some of these young guys are are just as hungry as the guys that have been here four or five years. All jokes aside, I'm being like a downer, you know, intentionally. But all all jokes aside, for real, do I think they'll be okay? Yeah, I, I really do. Uh, you know, when it's all said and done, I think they'll be fine. You know, obviously they got some things to work out, some things to, you know, figure out whatever the case may be. But I trust Hype, man. He ain't gave me a reason yet not to trust him, not to figure it out. And, you know, since he's been here, it's been very clear that each and every game they get better on offense. Um, so I think they'll be all right. I think they'll be fine. Um, I just, I just think you have to get the entire unit on the offensive side of the ball collectively playing as one. I think you got to do the same on defense. And I think once you get those kinks figured out, I think this team will be fine. I, I, I still think nine and three is doable. I still think 10 and two is doable. You know, I'll be talking trash to y'all in a group chat, but I really just be trolling, but I, I think they'll be fine, man. I, I, I do. Um, is is as upset as I was Saturday. It's it's Wednesday. I'm fine now. I'm calm now. And I went back and rewatched the game, man. And 
I don't think penalties is why Tennessee lost that game, but I do think when you look back at it, I feel like every time Tennessee had a chance to do it, a chance to score, a chance to do whatever, you know, it was just a penalty after penalty after penalty. And at the end of the day, those are self-inflicted wounds. So so you can have the, the you know, the, the eyes to see that, okay, when this team figures it out, they will be fine. They will be okay. Because they absolutely had, I'd say, four drives in the second half that it looked like it looked very, very promising, and a penalty just killed the drive. So if you clean up the penalties, I think Tennessee will be all right. And we'll, we'll see. But the offensive line is 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 the biggest question mark. Block, you'll be all right, man. You you gotta you gotta respond to your teammates. You gotta respond to your quarterback, and you just gotta do what you gotta do. Remember, it's about Tennessee. It's not about you. Very fair point. I mean, I'll be making my Neyland Stadium debut. Didn't make the the Austin P game, but I'm going to be there for this game. So I hope to try to get there early. Hopefully, see some of y'all. Uh, man, like going back, like Rob said, like the offensive line obviously has to be better. It has to be better with the pre snap penalties and with the blocking. Uh, there was a few balls where I'm like, damn, Joe just put that ball in the dirt. But really, it was just deflected because Florida D line was getting their hands on the ball. Uh, obviously, the interception. That was probably the biggest takeaway where I'm like, dude, you have to hold into that ball and take the sack. Squirrel was uh, wide open for a touchdown. For the first time ever, like, as, much as, we talk about, as much as we talk about them not like, you know, holding on to the ball and not taking sacks or throwing it out of bounds, like the one time he tried to throw it out of bounds, that happens. Like that was just crazy to me. The first time under Hypo system they try to throw the ball away results into that. Um, tackling obviously has to be better. I really like, two plays. Still trying to throw that to Squirrel. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> But, man, I think we uh, go in there this weekend and we should have our way. I think the defense has to be a lot better because this is not a full-force UTSA offense and our edge rushers should be able to feast on this kind of offensive line. If not, then we got some more concerns. It's a good It's a good to come out mad and make it personal. Yeah. I mean, it's a good opportunity to bounce back, to gain confidence again, and especially heading towards the next weekend, which is a huge home game against South Carolina. cannot emphasize that enough. 7.30 kick? Yeah. I mean, and you know Neyland next weekend is going to be absolutely insane. I think all four not wait for it. But good opportunity this weekend to be able to, you know, gain that confidence again, get on the right track, get a W on the column. You know, I mean, there's there's still a lot of good hope, still a lot of football left, and we've seen the potential that this team has had. I think we can all agree that, you know, this team has a lot to show for. There's a lot of progress to be made. But if they do find a way to start playing confident again and be able to start playing (laughs) just as good as anyone. Okay, I, perfect <laughs> off-topic question. If you have a girlfriend who is epileptic, but not to like not to the flashing lights epileptic, just like regular epilepsy, would you take her to an environment like Tennessee, South Carolina? Because I'm asking for a friend. That, no, like, absolutely not. But uh, absolutely nah, not. It's gonna be another emergency, bro. Yeah. Whoops. Um, anyways, but <laughs> uh, 7 p.m. kick. Hopefully that goes well. Hopefully I don't, you know, miss a fucking the Beamer Bowl. Excited about that and getting revenge there. And I definitely think that will be the uh, the whole dark mode thing. Like, man, we took this L, but, you know, this team, like Tennessee Athletics, still finds a way to grab us by the balls and bring us back in. And we're all going to be hype come 7 o'clock in two weeks. I think that place is going to be sold out, packed out. And after this weekend, I think there will be like a lot of deep breaths because this offense is probably going to have their way in the run game. Like Joe probably wanted to do a lot this weekend if we're being real. 
Let us hope, man. Let us hope. I just want to see it. Just produce some good quality football this weekend. That's all I'm saying. I do not. I genuinely don't even care what the score is. I couldn't care less. I want to see us improve in all of these areas that we looked so bad in. I want improvements on in every position that looked terrible. And I want them to figure it out. And I want to win. And I don't even care what the score is. I don't. That's where I'm at at this point. I don't we care what it is. almost did a rapid fire to ask each of you what you want to see Saturday. But the unfortunate part is we need to see everything at every position. So there's no point in asking the question. <laughs> Man, I just want to see – I want to see Joe Milton protected. I don't want to see any more injuries going into South Carolina because we got some guys coming back. And, I mean, like two weeks ago, we didn't have that connection at home with the wide receivers. Like, I want to see – Fast, fun, real, the Josh Heupel offense and full effect in Neal. And I want a, a crazy environment, getting all the people happy. Because if you have a rough one to two drives, man, it's going to be like it has like the last few weeks where those few assholes in the stands start booing and the fucking chemistry and the overall morale and kneeling gets weird. And you're like, well, damn, like it's just, it's just Oriflame. And I think you got a fast start. And I know the overall like hype behind Texas uh, school defenses isn't all there. I think Tennessee gets back to their roots in the scoreboard too. Uh, just got to go out there and make a statement, man, because this is a team that's not going to not score as well. Like UTSA has a decent offense, still score points. Let's get uh, final predictions and then call it a call it a night. What are we thinking? I don't have one. Just <laughs> win. Just win. All right. I think I think it's going to be a weird one. They're going to UTSA is going to get into checkerboards early, but I think Tennessee does pull away. I'm going to say 45-28. Rob? I'm taking the Lauren route. That's fair. I mean, I think we'll bounce back offensively. Um, you know, you know, doubt the haters on this one. I think Joe's going to be able to throw a couple dimes. Uh, I think defense is going to be way more aggressive than they were last weekend. They need to be. That's when the defense plays its absolute best. I don't know if they're going to cover, though, but I'm going to go with um, – I'm going to say 39-20. I think 39-20 might be, might be a bet, safe bet. See, I took the original spread of 13. And- oh, yeah, they'll definitely cover 13. The last thing I want to say is, guys, Saturday, even if it's not going right, whatever the case may be, still cheer. Stop booing Joe Milton, guys. Please. That That's just that's not fair to him. It's not right to him. He has family and friends in the stadium. If that was your family, friend, brother, sister, cousin, whatever, you wouldn't like that. Stop booing the guy, man. I, I understand you're not always going to get the results you want, but booing someone is just not okay because at the end of the day, one thing I know about Joe is he's one of the hardest workers on the team, man, and he gives his all, man. So stop booing the guy. Stop booing Tennessee, all of that. Like, just stop. No, because you, 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 have this, you have this thing going on where when, when they're good, you love them. When they're bad, you just want to talk shit about them, and I can't stand that. Yeah. I hate it, and it really gets on my nerve. Talk your stuff to your friends behind closed doors and text messages like I do. Text the Our buddy. group message be blowing up. We text, we text each other instead of tweeting it. That's what you guys need to do. Keep that off social media and stop booing Joe Milton. Joe Milton is not the issue, or Agreed. shall I say, the only issue. There's about ten issues with this team, and I'm putting Joe Milton at number nine. Not Y'all know what we should all do, man. We should all be like Dylan Dugan, storm the field and go tell Joe we love him. <laughs> you should man, like you. you 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 just never know what a person sees and how you can kill their confidence. You just never know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that guy. It's funny. I've met. I've talked to that dude on numerous occasions. Lots of mutual friends with him. I log on to Facebook. 
He's like, dude, someone get me out of jail. And I was like, oh, come on. It ain't him. I start scrolling through his family's like commenting on it. Like, are you sure? Are you sure that's you? I was like, come on. No way. And then I log on my Snapchat. Sure enough, it's on his story, his whole video across the field. So that was pretty hilarious. And uh, give him, got to give him some credit. I think it's funny. And I mean, at least he has a good memory. Of that game. was the only amount of excitement in that game after the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, because when Joe threw that ball to fucking square off, I was ready to throw, run through a brick wall, and then I was bricked, and then it all ended. It all went down. But I'm excited for this weekend, man. First of all, Club Tailgate in Knoxville. Going to see the gang. Drew, are you yeah. going? I, I'll be there in spirit. I'll be there next weekend, though. I got <laughs> I'll be there, Georgia, game. I'll see y'all then. Next ticket. Uh, all right perfect well i think that does it i feel a bit better after this one and we'll just see what happens so please don't t- lose to the fucking roadrunners holy shit please don't <laughs> we'll find out we'll see you guys next week and unpack everything till next time good night go balls Woo! Peace and love.